Welcome to Audio Drama Showcase by Legend Smith Productions. I'm Scooter, and with me I have LJ Donnell. Hiya. Max Baskin. Hi. Boston Moss. Greetings. And Thomas Sexton. How's it going? Today, we'll be listening to The White Vault, created by Caitlin Statz, which premiered in 2017. The White Vault was originally conceived by Caitlin when she was on vacation in Iceland. The idea came to her while listening to tales of classic horror. These ideas then mixed with the innate beauty of the location, causing the realization of exactly how dangerous nature can be. Take all of that with a twist of Lovecraftian horror, and you have The White Vault. This episode is called Bristed, originally published on October 3rd, 2017. Okay, let's get started. Several days ago, I came into the full collection of documents and recordings that I will be presenting here. Although many of the recordings and documents are dated, some lack explanation for where they fit into the constructed timeline. Additionally, due to the multiple viewpoints present, I have taken it upon myself to edit and sort documents or recordings into appropriate points in the hope of presenting a fuller picture. This report includes the records of Dr. Rosa de la Torre, Walter Heath, Graeme Kasner, Dr. Karina Schumacher-Weiss, and Jonas Thorninson during an expedition in Svalbard. It's like spooky cereal. The White Vault. I really like their music. Yep. I am fully creeped out. This recording comes from the phone of Dr. Schumacher Weiss. Hey Mama, ich bin's. Ich soll für eine Firma für die ich arbeite für ein paar Hey Mama, it's me. One of the companies I work for needs me to go on a trip out to Svalbard for a few weeks. But more accurately, I hope to work for them. Apparently they received a signal from one of their outposts that may indicate some rather interesting finds. Seeing as how they've been looking to expand, I'm hoping this job will solidify in a good job for me within their geological team. Oh, my stop is coming up, Mama. I'm sorry I will miss Papa's birthday, but I ordered a gift for him and shipped it to you. Please wrap it up and give it to him at the party, okay? After all this time in this job market, I cannot afford to pass up this opportunity. I spoke with Rolf yesterday about this. He was obviously upset, but he supported my choice to take this job. If I impressed them, I would not have to live permanently on Svalbard, as most of their geological surveys take place during the summer months. It would be rough, but the payment would certainly help us with our house payments. <sighs> Honestly, Rolf is not the best at keeping secrets. I found a ring when I was cleaning. Mama, I think he will propose when I get back. Before spring, for certain. If I don't message you again, be well. I love you and I'll see you later. Pass my love on to Papa, okay? Tschüss! Dated slightly before Dr. Schumacher Weiss's recording, Mr. Walter Heath of Reading, UK, had written in his personal journal a collection of emails he sends to himself in the folder labelled Documentation. I got a job. Serendipitous timing. My lease is up on the flat soon and the company says the job will take a little less than a month between travels, preparations and weather conditions. I don't own too many possessions, especially after the divorce, so that's not going to be a problem. I have a few weeks to sell some things on Gumtree. I know a friend who will give me a few pounds for my old TV. 
And Molly took the tufts in the separation anyway. Yep. Space between this place and me would seem like a certified vacation, were it not in the ass-end frigid wastes of Svalbard. He's so British. So yes, the job is in Svalbard, land of polar bears and the midnight sun. Except at this time of year, I'll be lucky to see any sun at all. <laughs> it's not as though I have a tanned complexion to maintain. I'd been sending out feelers for a job for months now, but I'd not even applied for their company. Seja Group is some independent mining contractor out of Iceland, Norway, and Sweden. Apparently, they're hiring on short notice due to many of their general contractors occupied on winter jobs elsewhere, since apparently most people don't want to head to the dark, cold, endless night of a hungry bear-ridden glacier. <laughs> I, on the other hand, have little less to do than pack up and head out. When I spoke with them on the phone, I was told I was required because of reports of an equipment malfunction. They're sending a team to an outpost to address the issue. The company is unsure what caused the signal they received, but it's more expensive to mount multiple expeditions than to send a team, including myself, out to fix or assess the transmitter. I heard rovers may be involved. And the pay is fantastic. I'll be back in Reading at... No. No, I'll find somewhere else to let a new flat. After all this is over, there will be no need to come back here. Moving on with his life. Good for you. No other documents pertaining to their work with the Seizure Group were found before the arrival of the team at the Seizure Group meeting station on Svalbard in Neolason. Good attention to dialect. Definitely. Are you Mr. Kastner? No, uh, sorry to disappoint. I'm Walter Heath, the repair technician and IT specialist. Sorry, Mr. Heath. I'm Jonas Thorsson, but, but please call me Jonas. I'm the CGO Group's project representative for this expedition. I hope your travels were not too difficult. Everything was quite fine. It's, uh, my flight from Longyearbyen experienced some fairly frightening turbulence, though. So, uh, I hope you don't mind, but I'm recording this. Uh, this is... Quite the adventure into the dark north. Not at all, please. Though I don't think my voice will lend to fair listening. The flight turbulence, that is to be expected during this time of winter. It is uncommon to have flights this time of year for exactly such a reason. There's coffee on the pot if you would like some. Oh, yes, please. I think my fingers are stuck in place. After a bout at the university, I promised myself I would never head further north than Aberdeen. <laughs> How things change. Is this the Seja group? Yes, please come in. The heat will get out. I'm Jonas Torreson. You must be Dr. Delatore. That guy's stellar. Yes, nice to meet you, uh, Mr. Tomlinson. <laughs> Jonas will be fine. Please, come in, doctor. Pour yourself a cup of coffee. We're waiting on others. Thank you, Jonas. And Rosa will be fine. I am enjoying the diversity of the cast. Are you also on the expedition? Uh, yes. Hello. Hi. I'm Walter Heath, the repair technician and IT specialist. And you, uh, Dr. Delator, are you a geologist? Volcanologist? I, I don't know what Seja Group would need out there beside me in a warm overcoat. Rosa, please. And I am a medical doctor. I've worked on Svalbard for companies before. I'm there to make sure you and the others on the expedition come back in good health, Mr. Heath. Uh, Walter is fine. Jonas, are you on the expedition? Yes, 
I'm the city group's project representative. And that entails... I report back on the status of outpost stations and assess the abilities of potential hires. So you are the man to impress. <laughs> Hello? We are looking for the Sitja group. Yes, come in. You must be Dr. Schumacher Weiss and Mr. Kastner. Hello. Mr. Kastner and Dr. Schumacher Weiss. This is Dr. Rosa Della Torre and Mr. Walter Heath. I am Jonas Thorson, the representative for Sitja. Now that we're all here, I would like to begin the short presentation regarding our goal at Outpost Freestead. Mr. Torrison, I see coffee. Is there coffee? Please call me Jonas. And my apologies, there's coffee over there. Uh, please make yourself comfortable while I set up the presentation. I don't trust you. Sounds like an MLM scam. Are you recording? Uh, yes, it's for my travel logs. Uh, does it bother you? No. And what do you contribute to our little expedition, Mr. Kastner? Have you ever been to Svalbard before, Mr. Heath? Walter is fine. And, uh, no, I've never been this far north before at all. Not many people have. I'm here to make sure you don't break down and get stuck out atop a glacier in negative 17 degrees. Or get stalked by a polar bear when you go out to repair whatever it is you all need to fix. Well, it is calming to know the company has thought so much about our safety. Hello, everyone. As the representative of Chija Group, I would like to thank you for accepting the offered position for the examination and repair expedition out to Outpost Freestead. Chija Group knows it was a short notice, but we are appreciative and hope you find yourself in the position to aid Chija further in the future. Several weeks ago, a transmission from Outpost Freestead was received at Chija Group's primary receiving station here in Nialisen. While we mostly operate mining contracts around Svalbard, Sitja Group is also an established surveyor here and across multiple Scandinavian countries. Uh, excuse me, I'm, I'm not sure if I got this right. Uh, I think I heard something about polar bears? They must be hibernating about now. Uh, polar bears do not hibernate. That answers my question. We have specialized equipment at several outposts, including Freestead, that receive input signals from several research rovers, both belonging to Sitja Group and multiple other organizations who prefer to use our network than set up their own. The signal we recently received from the station was unintelligible, but more importantly, that outpost is only meant to receive and aggregate data for collection in the summer, not send messages or signals unless a malfunction or an emergency has taken place. We cannot tell what it was based on the single message received. Due to this, Sitja Group has decided to send out this team to find the reason for the signal. Wait, uh, hold on. I, I was told that my expertise would be needed? Uh, this sounds more like some lost tourist stumbling across a refuge from the winter cold. <laughs> and that very well might be. But the information collected by those rovers is paramount to several geological studies being undertaken here, for several reasons across several projects. Your past work with the advancements of the use of GPR and its mining applications, as well as your recent work in Norway regarding volcanic activity, has been taken into account by our primary managers. I'm not a scientific man myself, so I apologize if I have misrepresented your work. So I am to examine the collected data, right? I will at least require information regarding what data has been collected and what for. Not exactly. Because of the rovers, we utilize an algorithm that takes incoming geological data to inform us of any important changes to Swalpert itself. For both glacier and seismic activity can at any point endanger the life of miners on the island. If the program detects too many outliers, it can be considered an emergency. I will have some papers available for you tomorrow when we depart. Uh, I apologize for the short notice. Being it is the winter months, many simple amenities are not fully stocked. Printering, for example. Ah, uh, thank you. 
Also, I do not see why this could not have been messaged to me earlier. Now that we understand Dr. Schumacher-Weiss's role, Mr. Heath, or Walter, will be required to inspect and repair the transmitter for any possible damage. While Citigroup Group is uncertain for the reason for the signal, the cost of sending two groups at separate times is too high. One of you may be redundant, but you will be paid nonetheless. Dr. Della Torre and Mr. Kastner are assigned to get you there and back safely. I will be accompanying you in case of any damages or events that require documentation for Citigroup Group records. The next rover is scheduled to transfer information to the outpost three days from now, so we must assure the station's receiver is operational by then. Every instance of lost data cut. This was the point at which Mr. Heath's recorder died. The next available document is an action report from Mr. Kasner following their arrival at Outpost Freestead. We have successfully reached Outpost Freestead. Departure from Neolesern was planned for 0500 with five fully fueled snowmobiles, four of which haul supplies. Due to mechanical difficulties, we did not leave Neolesern until 525. Mr. Heath was a capable driver, contrary to previous concerns. Jonas and Dr. Schumacher Weiss also did well. Dr. De La Torre. Rosa had several problems with the snowmobile, only one of which warranted addressing. A belt had become shredded and was properly replaced before leaving the vicinity of Neolesson. We traveled approximately 53 kilometers to Outpost Freestead, located just south of the border to Nordvest Spitsberger National Park. We traveled slowly and safely and made it here within two and a half hours. We have been here for some time now, perhaps three hours. The outpost is a bunker. Sija Group obviously invested in these stations. We brought weeks worth of rations with us to assure our safety and comfort, as well as restock the outpost. I spent time unloading and stocking the bunker with the goods we brought and covered the snowmobiles for our return trip. The generator was easy to start up, even given the conditions. To the slight disappointment of Dr. De La Torre, there was no injured tourist here upon our arrival. She has since taken to starting the internal appliances. She also helped put away goods in the auxiliary bunker a few meters from the primary station. She's quite helpful and sympathetically. No one will accuse me of not keeping thorough notes regarding this expedition. The bunker is operational. I did not understand Mr. Heath, but apparently something is broken and it looks like vandalism. It will take some time to repair the damage, but he believes he is capable. Dr. Schumacher Weiss, Karina, uh, I think it is, is upset that there may be little for her to do but is finding some of the previously stored data here regarding the geological something of the area to be rather interesting. Looks like a storm is coming. The next recording came from the station's computer. As part of the relay and radio built into the outpost, a recording function is available at all times. Mr. Heath made use of this promptly. That's never good. <clears throat> that storm blew in fast. Weather can change very quickly here. It's best not to be caught unaware. 
I've got it working. What? Uh, the recorder in the computer. Hey. The radio setup here is rather advanced as well. Do you record often, Walter? I like to. Keeps me honest. Enough. I packed a camcorder as well. I'm shipping them. We are well stocked. Between rations left here from the summer expeditions and the reserves we brought in, we can wait the storm out. I even saw alcohol. <laughs> Welcome to the north. I think it is universal. What was that? Oh my god. A polar bear. They come in this far from the coast? They can, though it may not be common. Is it safe to work on the equipment? Uh, tomorrow, that is, after the storm dies down. Yes. So you think it'll leave the bear? Eventually. You seem very sure about this. Don't feel confident in your ability to patch up a bear attack, Doc? Oh, I can. And I think Walter would look all the better with his scars for it. What? Oh, preferably not. It won't come so close. I didn't sign up for this. Once out of the populated areas, all groups must carry weapons to further their safety precautions. Poor Walter. You will shoot the bear, Mr. Kastner? Well, first I'll shoot around the bear, but if it gets too close, yes. A warning shot will scare them off most of the time. So, how long do you believe the repairs will take you, Walter? The repairs outside? Not too long, a couple of days at most, if I can get my hands to stop shaking. I'm more concerned with the internal problems. Is there something broken with the computer? Well, not precisely. While it looks like the transmitter-receiver tower outside was manually and <laughs> rather coarsely disconnected, the computer itself, which acts as an interface for the data both incoming and outgoing, has some obviously malicious coding. A computer error? No. Coding is difficult. It was intentional. So, a virus? Maybe. I'll be examining it later after I fix the physical damage. Any idea what it does? I think it's what sent out the message. So, someone intentionally damaged Citigroup property and altered some computer thing? Seemingly so. Thank you. This will make a difference regarding insurance claims. Uh, please document the evidence you need to help prove this to be true. It will be valuable for my work. So, I saw something that looked like a bottle of cheap tequila earlier. That was a bottle of Aquavit. Uh, still cheap, though. Until the storm settles down, I don't see much work happening. What are you looking for, Jonas? Glasses. The following letter was taken from the notepad of Dr. De La Torre, though the page had been torn out. Her handwriting, though legible, is disordered and unpunctuated. Given the content of the letter, I believe she was intoxicated. Aquavit is a disgusting drink. It burns like vodka, but tastes like something you would expect from a people who enjoy pickled fishes. I tend to Svalbard enough to know it will rear its ugly head at some point or another. I miss chiles and nogada, mama's mole tamales. I'd fight for fresh fruits. Still, deal alcohol, pickled fishes, and repugnant cheese endure, which, as it turns out, was one of the jarred foodstuffs we were lucky enough to open tonight. Pickled fish, a tin of mashed potatoes the size of my head, and another of cut carrots, not what I would have hoped for, but what I had expected. Jonas poured ample drink for us all. 
Walter was a surprisingly heavy drinker until he fell asleep at the computer desk. Karina as well. I could not stand the taste of it. Some kind of potato thing it is. Karina sipped it as the Graham. Karina is a talker when drunk. Apparently she was some geology prodigy who lost some big job. But she won't stop going on about a soon-to-be fiancé back home. It is difficult to understand her when she starts speaking in a jumble of English and German. And she snores. Jonas showed us pictures of his kids. Twin girls. Blondest hair I've ever seen. Tiny traditional Icelandic sweaters. Cute. Graham and I were up late. Are up late. He's interesting. Lots of stories from travels across the north. I think he liked tequila. Shit, it's late. As far as I could discern, no other documentation or recordings were taken during the first day of the expedition. This completes the first collection of information regarding the repair team at Outpost Freestead. The White Vault. Voice is so creepy. God, uh... So it's interesting because it's not a scary episode, but it's very clearly the setup for something terrifying. It's, it's like the beginning of any... Um, uh, like late 19th, early 20th century fiction, especially science fiction. They're like, here's all this information. We obviously researched mechanical things, and you're kind of like... It's sort of like the buildup in a movie like John Carp- Carpenter's The Thing, where you know they're stuck in an isolated area, and things are slowly starting to look like maybe something bad is going to happen, but it's not really hitting you in the face yet. It's uh, it's done. So I've been watching, uh, I've been researching like old sci-fi and like the original sci-fi um, story is or novel is Frankenstein. Mm. And that was done through letters. And so it's got the same kind of feel. There is, there yeah. is something kind of frightening about, you know, when you're looking at only scraps of narration from a bunch of different people, you don't know it's reliable. You're seeing them misinterpret things that you know to be true. And then you're like, wait, I only got my information from, like, some broken-up recording of a computer. What the hell do I know? And I really think that having a bunch of people with very distinct accents and dialects really helps nail it as this is a team of people who don't know each other. Yes. This is people from all different backgrounds. They're not going to have the same point of view. And uh, from just a purely technical perspective, a practical perspective, it makes them easy to differentiate voice-wise. That's true. And... Especially there was some, since they don't say their names regularly. Yeah, because that feels it wouldn't it would feel less natural. It's like I, Rosa, feel this way. Who is sexy divorcee man? The voice the he had a very nice. You have a very nice voice. <laughs> British guy. <laughs> I wasn't gonna go with sexy. It was gonna go with like very British. But yeah, that works. I mean, tomato potato. Like it's the same. Anyway, tomato they, potato. <laughs> they are they are actually the same plant. She's not wrong there. They're not the well, same plant. They're related plants. Related. They're but the not same plant. Same. Anyway. the thing that really captured my attention was everyone sounded fairly authentic it was very comfortable they were speaking like you normally would it wasn't it didn't sound like they were acting it sounded like they were being i would i would caveat that with one exception the uh the uh, american uh he sounded very kind of uh over the top do you think it was a like a British person doing an American accent. That is possible. This uh, Because it takes I, a lot of, like the R sound yeah. is very hard to replicate. Apparently. That's possible. I mean, I, I know that the creators for the show were actually are American. 
Oh, are good. they? Yeah. Um, I, but I think uh, Caitlin and Travis bring in people from remote locations, like where we record in one location. They have people record individually, and then they combine it in post. Oh, nifty. It doesn't sound like that at no, all. No, it sounds fantastic. Yeah, it yeah. flows very well. The, yeah. the audio fidelity is way up there. And yeah, it's great. And they played off of each other very nicely. And all of the background stuff, the incidental music, the actual intro and outro music, it was all very good. It, it, yeah. just, it felt well produced. It felt put together in an entire package. So, I like the technical touch when they had, when they had this recording. And I was thinking, well, do I need to turn it up? And then I realized, oh, wait, it's a recording. Someone is on the other side of the room and they're picking that up. And you could catch that where you wouldn't really think about it. Yeah. But that was a really nice touch. And they yeah. noted it just long enough to make sure that you knew that was why. Exactly. Yeah. And then they left it alone. So. I um, oh, I was saying another mechanical thing. Um, I think I mentioned this during the recording. But the way they uh, had people start in their native language and then um fade out into like the translation was a really good mechanic like i think it conveyed very well it's like you're actually hearing uh someone translating this but they're also using the same actor with the same voice and so it flowed well so i actually had two notes and i think they actually kind of play into each other because there were two very genuine things i noticed one their flow with their sound effects was amazing like it was very authentic um you know like when the person is coming from outside in to the indoors and their voice is kind of obscured by the wind. Um, also they talk, it, it doesn't sound like they're acting. It's very much that they're just talking, but in doing those things, sometimes it was hard to understand them. Sometimes they, sometimes they wouldn't enunciate. Sometimes they wouldn't speak very clearly or speak too fast. But part of that might've been because they weren't native English speakers. Like the one character, Eunice, he, his words kind of jumbled together in certain places, but in a way that well, would be very... typical of a Scandinavian speaking English. Exactly. It was very genuine. Like listening to it Almost sounded too very genuine. Yeah. And and so it, I kind of, did, but I was in it. So it was okay. Like in real life, you'd be like, oh, what was that? Mm-hmm. When you can't really do that with a recording. Right. I was, Stop. <laughs> rewind. <laughs> try it again. But I don't think We it have was, that luxury though. I don't think it was enough that it really damaged the story while it would have been nice in some ways to hear it clearly having that kind of imperfect sound it's it kind of like the, the effect it's like the imperfect perception that lj was bringing up because that way you're getting the same effect that you would if you were standing in that room right you're very tossed into the story and that was something yeah. i really liked you know especially when she was like I, what are you talking about why is this not this so, does not pertain to me so yeah when i first listened to the first eight episodes of serial and i thought it was fiction i'm like oh i like these little imperfect touches it makes it feel so authentic <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're saying that maybe this really did happen i'm not saying it didn't well i mean there's nothing supernatural so far it could have well, everything that happened here could have happened it's not like somebody got abducted by sasquatches so engaged to be engaged ain't married by the way i'm still shipping them i'm just throwing that oh, yeah. out there Make that happen. Geologist obsessed with rocks. No, I, rocks no, I was, no, sorry. I was shipping the. Uh, I was shipping the. Clever best. The, the British guy with the uh, the drunk doctor. Oh, oh, she's cool. I, yeah, I shipped the drunk doctor with just about anyone in that story. You. She, I said in the story, I'm not there. I mean, but aren't you? Aren't you though? Aren't we all there? That's a little too existential for me. Yeah. Existing's hard. It just is. Until it isn't. Okay, then. then what I happens? I am pulled in, though. I want to know, like, what's going on out there. 
That sound was kind of creepy. It reminded me of the sound from the bottom of the ocean, you know, yep. the sound. And I totally got what you were saying when that kind of whispered sound happened and you thought it was like a ghost. I thought it was demonic. But it was very creepy. I think Tommy actually She was in some sort correct. of terminal. Yeah. Like, there was like announcements going on. As much as I hate to agree with anything that he says <laughs> in this particular instance, <laughs> it's, it's just going to be a burden you're going to have to bear. You yeah. care much. Um, one oh. of the things I want to bring up really quick is I really liked the... Slight but key use of musical transitions mm-hmm. between like the actual recordings and the person who's presenting the recordings. Yes, I was actually just bring, about to bring her up. Um, I like the sounds that are going on in the background while she's speaking because I cannot quite tell whether or not they're like supposed to be just there for atmosphere or they're actually in universe. So, like, I don't know if she's in some sort of infinite void putting all this together. Who knows? Hmm. The shadow, the shadow is the cut. I like when they first came in, it kind of, I didn't immediately, it kind of worried me for a second when they first started, and I was shooting, oh shoot, my German's not that good, I didn't know we were doing something, (laughs) oh, the transition, just like, oh, okay, good. Yeah, if if she had spent too much speaking in German, I probably would have taken off the headphones. Stood up slowly and just walked out. That probably isn't for me. I I don't have enough. I don't know. I just can't do this. I'm close enough that I could have just smacked Scooter before doing that. (laughs) I, I would have stayed for that. Wait, why am I getting smacked? What happened? Oh, you're the one who... You're like, surprise, it's an all-German podcast. I hope you guys speak German. Oh, gosh. Scheiße. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a bad call. I call my husband the Goobermensch. That's pretty much all I got. Oh. I think it's sweet. He's the peanut man? Oh, now it's... Is that really what that good. means? Well, no, Goober isn't is German. Superman. But Mensch is... Oh. And then I call him the Goobermensch. <laughs> Mensch, however, okay. means man. He's, he's a goober man. Goober man. Well, sort of every man, but yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go through and do some individual opinions. What do you have to say, Boston? I think it was it was it built well in showing that this is cold, not just building the atmosphere of saying that they're in Svalbard. Of course, it's cold, but everything was presented distant. And so not only was it portrayed as physically cold, but everyone was distant from each other to a degree. So they built the coldness of that, too. I really like that aspect. Tommy? I was a big fan. Uh, the technical explanations went on a bit long in a couple of places. But as you said, this is just like a setup episode where they've got to get everything in place. Um, but I'm engaged. I think the cast is charming. I like characters. I think the narrator is super creepy and it super fits well. I'm on board. What I really liked is that, you know, it it wasn't like a super long episode in the sense that, like, you only got little vibrant bits of color of each person. But you do feel like they're like real people. You know, they're not that some of the things that they would do are a a bit caricature-esque, but only if you've read a bunch of these stories and you're sucked in, they each feel very genuine. And um, it, it feels very... Very much like they're all going on this thing for different reasons, um, and they're up there, but they're not necessarily up there expecting anything to happen. They're just doing their jobs. And I find that kind of charming in the sense that they're not up there like, oh, let's find this giant shark or whatever. They're just up there trying to live their lives, and, and it's genuinely creepy that they're just kind of subtly going into this place. Yeah, I almost... Oh, sorry, I, not to interrupt too much, no, but... um. I almost feel like this could have just been a Discovery Channel show. Yeah. Without knowing that it's a horror show beforehand. Mm-hmm. 
Except for the creepy narrator. And the creepy narrator. Who helps the pacing, like, oh, by the way. I didn't really think she was that creepy. I found the, her quite creepy. The oh, So she, she spoke very coldly, which was appropriate, and the way they layered uh, the sound effects and the music behind what she was doing very much gave a very creepy impression. Max? Um, I would have actually said dispassionately rather than coldly, but cold does actually work in the general theme of things. Tomato, potato. For me, it felt very lonely, which is what I would expect in an isolated research center. Yeah. (laughs) So I definitely think that they hit the mark on that. Uh, The cast seemed really comfortable with what they were doing. It, uh, as we've all said a couple of times now, it felt genuine. There, There was an definite ring of authenticity and i probably wouldn't end up listening to more of this because i don't like where i think it's going to go oh <laughs> I, I i'm not a big horror fan and it feels like it's going to be pretty, pretty horrifying so i think that's what they were going for i think they achieved that it just it doesn't happen to be my cup of tea <laughs> but as far as just judging the merits of it for what it's supposed to be i think it's familiar enough from things like reading the uh, Lovecraft stories that it has a sense of them without actually being a carbon copy. It it has like a, it's like a flavoring of Whisper in the Dark. I give it four out of five unknowable monstrosities. <laughs> four out of five unknowable monstrosities? I give it a non-Euclidean number of tentacles. I don't like that. <laughs> you're not supposed, like you're not supposed to. It's gross. Yeah. It's yes. Like a, triangle that doesn't add up to 180. It's just like, what are you doing? Don't play God. It's like a Ratsukodochi, but not. Ratatouille? No. Oh. You know, not all languages that aren't English are the same, right? No. Okay. That's true. I read it in a book. Was it a book in English? Was it English? God damn it. (laughs) It was my joke. (laughs) I I wouldn't really try to take credit for that one. Just let let him take it. And And run with it. Yeah. Or into the ground. Yeah. I think you just achieved that. This is Audio Drama Showcase. For more episodes and information, go to www.legendsmithproductions.com. Thank you for listening. High five. We made it. Yay! Okay. You've corrected yourself, so like there's a contrast. Like, hey, I, yeah. listen to it. Well, I, cool? I want to keep in the comment actually earlier where I'm like, oh, that's frosted. Oh, yeah. so like at the outro. <laughs> yeah. it's